Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, it is a great day in the USA. Hey, folks, um, I'm going to take a couple of guests today, and certainly I'm glad that you uh, are, are here with us to share in the conversation. The beat goes on. There is no question about it. And uh, the same old, same old uh, coming from the Democrat Party uh, as far as the, their approach to uh, the the American voter, particularly the black American voter. In this case, it looks like Buttigieg, Buttigieg is um, of having met with Al Sharpton and uh, is courting and kissing the ring of Al Sharpton while promising all types of goodies. Like I was saying yesterday, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin pointed it out to us 200 years ago, over 200 years ago. Uh, he pointed out to us that once the people realize that they can vote themselves money, <laughs> money, then um, that would herald the end of the Republic. I said that to you on numerous occasions yesterday. Uh, Buttigieg is um, Mayor Pete. Yeah, Mayor Pete. He has what he likes to call the Douglas plan. And of course, uh, he's pandering to black voters because this is spelled with two S's. Uh, Frederick Douglass spelled his name, his last name with two S's. And that is the name of this plan, the Douglas plan. Uh, Buttigieg uh, seeks to triple the number of entrepreneurs and underrepresented backgrounds and forgive or defer loans to black college students who create business after graduation. <laughs> now, if this were possible to achieve, and, and Americans, please understand this well, if this was possible to achieve with all of the now trillion dollars, billions and billions of dollars that we have spent on attempting to create some type of equity in the fiscal realm for women, 
Latinos, blacks, the underprivileged, who had what you, know, you name it. If that worked, then you would not have an impoverished person in America. If government programs worked, you would not have impoverished people in America. There has been a literal war on poverty, so-called war on poverty, since the mid-60s. So if if the government programs, if all of the things that uh, have been pointed out to and designed to fix it, as far as <clears throat> big government is concerned, pardon me, <clears throat> pardon me, big government is concerned, if it were possible to fix it with government programs and the money that's thrown into and the sloth and mismanagement that goes along with that, if it were possible, it would be fixed. So what happens, though? And it's an amazing thing to watch. The amazing thing to watch is just how short the human memory can be. Oh, we have a long memory when it comes to things that uh, are uh, pertaining to our continual self-gratification and immediate gratification. Because, by and large, we, we must live in the now. And whatever makes it easier, whatever makes it ha- us happier and, and gratified right now, uh, we'll gladly trade a lot of stuff, future stuff, for that, <clears throat> won't we? Of course we will. No question about it. So, when we are looking at uh, the how they are trying to recapture and make sure they stabilize. I'm talking about uh, liberals of Marxist and socialist slants now, like Warren and Buttigieg. And uh, of, of course, you have Duval Patrick, who weighs in uh, as former mayor of, uh, I'm sorry, mayor, not mayor, but governor of Massachusetts, Deval Patrick, um, released what he calls an equity agenda for black Americans, which includes supporting a plan for federal government to pay reparations to the living descendants of African-American slaves. Now, it sounds good to anyone who wants some free money and who doesn't want that. But if you're holding your breath for this to ever happen, well, you need to make out before you start doing it your last will and testament because it will take your lifetime to see this come into fruition it's simply because you have too many grievances along these lines 
Everybody has had somebody mistreated in their past, in their family, by somebody else. All this just gets to be a crazy little pony here to ride. Yeah, this is a bucking bronco. If you want to ride this one. Because... First of all, and I think maybe first in line behind if, in fact, you want to put black folks first as far as getting reparations, I guess a close second to them would be the families, uh, the surviving families of those who had relatives killed in the war, the Civil War. Because it was the war that did uh, eventually free the slaves and uh, actually set us on a course to where we are now. I've always said, and I still believe, I I do believe this, if, uh, in fact, you want to understand America, you must understand what the Civil War was all about individual rights, state rights, and of course, property rights. And by which I arrive here on these shores, at least, uh, you know, pardon me, 75% of me arrives on these shores. Um, with um, in chains but keeping that in mind uh, that made me uh, and made my ancestors property now there were bond servants and all of that type of thing uh, who were white and you know uh, uh, came over and, of course, you have the Native American who's going to have a beef, uh, you know, as as far as is concerned. If people start getting money. Of course, the Native Americans have gotten a lot of money. Government programs, though, uh, create the type of situations you see on reservations. If you want to take a look at the effects of government programs, look closely at Indian reservations. <clears throat> Especially those that... Uh, are rife with alcoholism and so forth. That That is the uh, byproduct of big government programs. That is. And so, uh, friends, when we look at this and understand it for what it truly is, we must understand that this is a hustle. There is nothing that's going to come about as far as giving reparations to black people. It is a hustle. It is something to get your attention and get you emotionally involved. That's all it is. And you're a chump to fall for this type of thing. Americans, black Americans, Americans, period. When we start talking about free stuff. Also, Uh, When you start hearing Elizabeth Warren, who's, I think, currently in third place uh, on uh, the totem pole, 
Elizabeth Warren wants to give minority entrepreneurs $7 billion in federal grants to help them start new companies. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea as far as concerned, but uh, it is not an idea that is realistic. If this would have worked, the Small Business Administration would uh, just be would have overproduced much more than what we're seeing in this administration, this Trump administration, years ago. It would have produced that years ago if money could fix it. No. That is a hustle that Elizabeth Warren is throwing at you. Uh, Duval Patrick, it's a hustle. <clears throat> He's hustling with reparations. She's dangling money to entrepreneurs. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is uh, talking to entrepreneurs as well. And the underrepresented. Oh, there they are again. The underrepresented backgrounds. And uh, he wants to forgive or defer loans to black college students who create businesses after graduations. What uh, kind of business now has to, what does it have to generate in funds to make it worthwhile to have uh, forgiven your loans and by the way who pays for all of this stuff by the way who pays for all of this stuff yeah you do if taxpayer you do oh we'll pay for it every every way you can think of food at the pump clothing any type of luxury any type of luxury You're going to pay through the nose. And if they keep raising the minimum wage, McDonald's is going to go automated. That, too, will be the effect of progressive, socialist, Marxist, Democrat ideas. Yeah. Their goal is to take us back to where we were uh, directly post-Obama. That's their goal. Black Americans are the Democratic Party's most consistent voting segment. I mean consistently. Black folks vote for Democrats. And you can believe this. There is a crack coming in that stronghold. Organizations like Black Voices for Trump, who I am a part of the advisory board. uh, I, I want to tell you there is a crack coming in that stronghold. While in 2016, turnout dropped seven percentage points from 2012. But many Democrat operatives are confident that the black voters will return in higher numbers this year and play a decisive role in swing states like Michigan. Yeah.
that's where they're trying. That's where it is. They you're taken. The black vote is taken for granted by one party, the Democrats. And for the longest time up until now, it was ignored by the Republican Party. And this president, Donald John Trump, is the first Republican president since uh, Eisenhower to actually engage the uh, black population in meaningful ways. I'm talking about in meaningful ways. And, And so when we look at the counterproductive things that did in fact occur between 1968 and even the present, we are talking about, friends, in that 40-year spans, we are talking about the opportunity and lost, opportunities lost, because we have wasted a lot of time discussing color. And oddly enough, the person that has been called the most most vehemently by the Democrats, they have uh, slandered this president so vehemently as a racist. Oddly enough, it is this president that they call racist who is actually breaking the barriers to 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 success stories. There are success stories popping up everywhere that if, in fact, this president were a Democrat, they would be absolutely flourishing on radio, television, and, of course, talk shows all throughout America, if he were a Democrat, and quite possibly if he were just someone else other than Donald John Trump. But let me tell you, regardless of what they think or say the results are continental. They're being felt throughout our land and they are intercontinental. They're being felt around the globe. I'm CL. I'll be back after these brief words. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. America. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation. Hey, folks, uh, as all of you know by now, I have relocated to uh, the great state of Colorado, and uh, hopefully it has just gotten to be a better place since Jane and I have come up here. Uh, We certainly love uh, every day looking at the majesty of the Rocky Mountains. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, But I started off on this journey uh, five years ago, nearly five years ago now. It has been five years. And uh, someone who has been with me throughout the entire process uh, is my good friend, my right arm, actually, uh, Michelle Guru. Uh, that's who I call her. And uh, I want to welcome her uh, to, she's my first guest since the move. So welcome back to the show, Michelle. How have you been? Well, Happy New Year, CL. Well, Happy New Year. Your weather here today. You have severe weather? Yeah, we've got some of your um, cold, icy Colorado weather here in Shreveport. No kidding. I know that you're happy as anybody can possibly be because you love snow and flurries and all that kind of thing, huh? I know it. How are you dealing with the cold weather up there? You know, actually, uh, during the day, it's in the 50s, and it's a very, very pleasant. Uh, and then um, at night, it gets cold, but we're inside. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so uh, it really it's really not that bad. Jane's had a little difficulty adjusting to the altitude, but uh, we've gotten that under control, I certainly hope. Listen, how is everything back home in Shreveport, Louisiana? Uh, uh, how's the gang? How's Mario and the well, gang? Well, let's talk about the gang. You know, Congressman Mike Johnson has been appointed to the president's impeachment team. Yes. Your good friend and brother. Um, Congressman Mike Johnson, a little old Shreveport, and he is a constitutional expert, and he's helping bring sanity back to our country. And he is certainly doing his part, Michelle, uh, there in Washington, D.C., and kudos to you, Mike. Congrats uh, for your um, appointment to the president's defense team against this sham impeachment. Michelle, there's so much I want to talk to you about here uh, today, but I want to start off. uh, You are a uh, Republican woman. You're a conservative woman above all. 
Uh, you lean a little bit libertarian, just like me. And um, the thing that I want to ask you about is uh, women in 2020 politics. And is it a possibility that even Nikki Haley may be 2024 uh, candidate? Talk about, to us about the evolution of women in American politics. Well, it's funny you should say that because I do. I work with women on a national level, a lot of to do with PR, things that we do on the show, messaging and talking. See how women don't really have a voice. Conservative women are independent thinkers and they're not followers. So they don't look for a woman to be their leader. They are learning to speak up at home at the school, in the grocery store, at church, in their community, and finding their own voice to say, I don't believe that killing a baby is a choice. I don't think that you're born confused about your gender. I don't hate my husband. I don't think equality is crushing men. All of these things that the left shoves down our throats all the time. Women, you know, conservative women have not really had a voice and they're not going to just get behind a leader i see them emerging in groups and getting on fire everywhere and you're going to see it in colorado too just women saying i've had enough you don't speak for me i mean look at tulsi gabbard and hillary clinton today is nothing more fun than watching the two of them go at each other now tulsi has is suing hillary clinton I mean, can you imagine the, you know, and I don't agree with Tulsi on a lot of things. Absolutely not. And I hate it when she comes against the president when it comes to war and handling of wars. But, um, you know, people say, well, it's the year of the woman. I think it's the year of women waking up and, and recognizing that their one voice does count. And I encourage women who are listening, even if you're not involved in a group, Start to find out about issues and talk to your friends and don't be ashamed of your beliefs. You're not a Nazi. You're not a hater because you don't think that we should kill babies after they're born at nine months. Wow, that's powerful. And, folks, that is so true because uh, it is certainly time for all of us to stand up. And I want you to understand, I I champion this wherever I go. Uh, Women, uh, especially you Republicans, hear me now. Women throughout the history of your party have been the cheerleaders, the backbone, and they were dependable. And uh, now I think their time is coming. But, Michelle, we're in the midst of an impeachment debacle. Nancy Pelosi uh, is, uh, well, she caved big time uh, from where she was uh, five months ago. But uh, and here we are. Uh, is this something that is weakening our nation? What, well, give me your take on it. You and I haven't talked in depth about it. Uh, I think, actually, speaking of women, I mean, you have Senator Marsha Blackburn. She's getting a chance to speak. You have Pam Bondi. She was fantastic last night. Republican women talking. I'm going to say that most Americans don't understand what's happening with impeachment, but they do understand that we have a a lot of problems that Congress is supposed to be taking care of that they're just ignoring. And the same minute that Nancy Pelosi was signing with her little souvenir pens that she sold to people, signing the impeachment, the, the president was inking a deal, a trade deal with China. Now, if you want to know what's going to affect women in America, 
it's not going to be impeaching this president over Ukraine, because I don't want to give aid to Ukraine if you really want to know the truth. I know people in Shreveport, Louisiana, that we could use some aid for. We could use a real transformation of a poor city like Shreveport, Louisiana. I, I'd rather see a trade deal with China so we could create jobs. So, yeah, I, I think that Americans, and I get to talk to all kinds of average people. I travel a lot, and I'm getting to talk to them. And the Democrats are delirious if they think that they have the heartbeat of the average American. Because, see, I am talking to black Democrats that are talking highly about the president because people want jobs. People see that the president is focusing on work while the other stuff is just shenanigans for TV. In the midst of prosperity, in the midst of uh, surplus in jobs, as Michelle mentioned, in the midst of a trade deal that is going to be an absolute boon for the American farmer, in the midst of all of that, and of course the strongest military our nation has ever seen, respect and pride again and who we are internationally in the midst of all of that you're telling me that we're going to impeach this president i don't think so it's not going to happen but the only way that we're going to stop this from reoccurring after 2020 is to vote out the Democrats from the House of Representatives and hold on to our Senate seats, increase them and hold on to the presidency. Michelle, uh, what is it looking like? You and I have talked about this uh, often, and we've talked about how um, Republicans don't get out to vote. Christians don't get out to vote, even though we talk a good game we don't walk a good game when it comes to going to the polls. Talk to us about it. Well, that's that's a whole nother thing. I mean, it has to start with the individual. This idea about being an American and having your own vote. You know, they want to take away the Electoral College to make your vote not count anymore. But right now, your one vote does count. So why aren't Christians, because you and I are Christians before we're anything else. And my whole ideas about the world and my worldview has been shaped because of my faith and because of the Bible. So in reading the Gospels, I don't understand how Christians bury their talents and think they're going to get away with that. You know, we live in America. Now, there's Christians all over the world. There's Chinese Christians, and they will never get a chance to vote. But I kind of wonder, and you're the reverend, not me, isn't there some kind of accountability as an American Christian, a government that in writing it says, for the people and by the people? And those founding fathers, where they were, whether they were deists or Protestants, we don't know. But if we read those documents, they adhere closely to the Bible. So, CL, it's been a little over 200 years, and I want to ask the church, the real church of Jesus Christ, what have we done with what he gave us? This is the one nation that has ever been created this way, this experiment called America. And how has the church allowed prosperity and creature comforts distract them from living a vibrant Christian life and caring about their neighbors? 
See how welfare, we know about welfare. You're from Shreveport. I'm not from here. You saw people get on welfare when Lyndon Johnson was president. And what has that done to poor neighborhoods? It hasn't helped them. And how many people do I know that are African-American telling me we need dads in the home? Now this isn't just a right-wing conspiracy. We need dads in the home. And to me, this is the church. How did the church allow Washington, D.C. to take care of the poor in their community? What happened to the church, C.L.? I'm going to throw that back at you. C.L., well, that is it. But you know what? You're what you have just said to the fact that we're the change agent that God wants to use in America, not the media, not the president, but just little old you and me. You know what you have just said is very important for all of us to digest, particularly the American pastor, preacher, evangelist, minister, um, whoever you are. If you are engaged in ministry, you need to understand that your people leave the congregations and go out and face the Caesars of this world. They need to know what to render unto him and what not to render unto him and what belongs exclusively to God. Of course, it all does. But even he understands our need to render certain things to a government. And right now on with me is... Um, someone who's been with me from the very beginning and uh, Michelle she's simply known as and uh, has been a very good uh, right hand of mine thank you so much for being on the journey with me it has been uh, really great ups and downs and here we are 2020 Michelle it's the year 2020 what great things may come how give us a glimpse into your crystal ball well, I think that you, when you and I started, we were both Repu- – I don't even know. Were you a registered Republican? Or oh, yeah. Still like- oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Been one now for were- 21 years. Well, you were a Tea Party, and I was more establishment. And through this process, and then through that 2016 election with all those different candidates, and then seeing who Donald Trump really is, and then you and I getting behind him when we were for different people before, I'm – I'm looking for unity among Americans, regardless of party, that want solutions. So if it's Christians, I don't care what political party you are. Most people don't even know what the platforms are. But if you're a Christian, you need to be thinking about the accountability and responsibility of voting and talking to your liberal friends. You know, I see how, and like I said, you're a reverend, but people used to hate people who were gay. Now, Sale, that's not a Christian response. It may be an Old Testament Jewish response, but it's not a New Testament transformation, spirit, power, gospel. And, you know, what we're doing is like we're fixing, making some course corrections from being uber religious. And then on the other hand, you got these pastors that don't even know that if a person says they're gender confused, we have the solution for that. Because it's not God's will for people to be gender confused. It isn't loving to say, yeah, we're just going to leave you like that. It's not loving to abandon someone who's pregnant so that she thinks she has to get an abortion. Again, I feel like a lot of the problems in America... It's the church that's going to awaken by reaching out to people that maybe look different from them, talking to, and not just saying, you need to get saved. The world is, especially in America, tired of having a finger pointed at it. But 
how can we be lights? I guess that's what I'm saying, Seal. I think it's time for the church in America. I think the president is setting the stage for it because I think that we're pulling the mask off of things, and this is the golden opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you say that, Michelle, and I want to thank you for being on with me today. You've got about two minutes left in the interview. When you say that, I think about the evangelicals for Trump uh, down in Miami that we kicked off uh, just a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there are evangelicals, I pray, li- still lining up uh, to um, vote for this president again. That's his strength. There are black people, black voices for Trump. I sit on the advisory board. Black people are lining up to vote for this president. You're seeing it. Michelle, I'm going to give you the last words. you got about two minutes. Talk to us. Well, I just want to say, yes, I'm the guru at the C.L. Bryan Show. But, you know, C.L., you just talked about two groups. There's also veterans for Trump. These aren't just little groups that they put together for political reasons. These are opportunities, like yourself, black voices for Trump. Why? Because the left and the media say there's no such thing. Evangelicals for Trump. This isn't, I hate everyone who's different from me. This is saying, we've got a Bible. We're in America, and we see that this is what we need to do, and we need to have these conversations. So I see that this is a golden opportunity. Yeah, the left is lying through their teeth. Did you watch any of that uh, impeachment nonsense last night? Oh, it was inc- it was incredibly loony. <laughs> it was incredibly loony. And it's going to be loony, but I think that opens the door for truth, CL, and I think this is going to be our finest hour. Michelle, the guru, thank you so much for being on with me. Listen, God bless you and God keep you. Tell Mark, I said, hey, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye now. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was uh, my um, partner in my, well, I say partner, but she's actually um, my uh, producer, executive producer. Uh, She's on, uh, you know, well, she was. She was on the payroll. (laughs) But anyway, um, I certainly, certainly have appreciated her input to the um the show over the the years she's been with me from the very beginning the inception of it and through the evolution of the cl bryant show and uh, a lot of times you don't get a chance to tell people thank you but i certainly want to say thank you uh to michelle well we have a lot to talk about in the second hour uh coming up will be president of freedom works Adam Brandon. Adam Brandon will be on with me. And FreedomWorks is uh, the largest, one of the largest grassroots organizations in the nation. We boast nearly six million activists on the ground. And I am very um, uh, proud to be a senior fellow um, with senior with uh, Freedom Works there in Washington, D.C. So we're going to have the president, the boss on uh, with us here uh, in about a uh, little over 40 minutes, little over 40 minutes, we'll have him on with us. Adam Brandon, Freedom Works. I'll be back. Just a minute. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth saving. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for being there throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for your love of God and country here in America. You know, all throughout all of the whining and crying and the gnashing of teeth that's going on uh, in the Democrat Party and the absolute farce that's being conducted when the, whenever they open their mouths, whenever they speak, whenever they speak, <laughs> it's farcical. It's a farce that's going on. And in the midst of all of that, check this out. The president of the United States, Donald John Trump, has just uh, announced a very big tax cut for the middle class Americans. And he says we can look for it over the next 90 days, within the next 90 days. And uh, the president was saying that in an interview to Fox Business uh, personality Maria Bacharoma. Um, the president said we will make that permanent for the middle class. And let me tell you, folks, uh, he went on to say we've done well with health care. We got rid of the individual mandate. That was a thing people couldn't do. They couldn't afford it. They didn't want it. They were forced to pay a number and not get health care to pay for to pay for it, to pay a number, a big number and not get health care. We are coming up with a plan that is going to be fantastic. So why did I want to sort of bring that into into focus here right now? Because step by step by step, ba-boom, 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 you have been able to see the strides, the giant strides that this administration has made over the last three years in the midst of Adversity, huge, big, huge, big adversity. He has been steadfast in leadership, steadfast. 
And you can you can bet this Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, whoever can come along and say whatever they want to say. The one thing that is very important to say is this. Donald John Trump, if he gets this uh, particular uh, middle class tax cut ingrained, chiseled in stone here, you are going to see a boon in the American economy that you have not seen yet. And we have looked at many. We have seen many leaps and bounds in this American American economy in this last three years. I mean, I mean leaps and bounds that we would not have ever thought possible in the stock market. We would not think that under this president, uh, if, if you would listen to the progressive liberal media, you would not think that we would be experiencing the lowest black unemployment in American history under this president. Not if you listen to them. And if you listen to them, you're going to impeach a president who has achieved what no other presidents have achieved in three years. And not in eight years. This president has been phenomenal and steadfast. And you, my friends, you will be absolute chumps if you allow anybody, anything, any situation tell you that we're not much better off now than we were then you better believe it yeah you 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 better believe it and and so uh when we look at that my friends we are looking at something that you nor i can possibly comprehend you nor I can possibly comprehend so um, friends as we look at this and unpack the reality of um, the middle class tax cut. The Democrats are trying to load up their guns with big government plans that would destroy the middle class. Destroy the middle class. And so um, I don't know what um, that is all about as far as um, why they're wanting to spend money on 
things that have proven to be money wasters, time wasters, and rife with sloth and mismanagement. These government programs have been uh, many times avenues of corruption. They have been. Now, don't misunderstand me. I understand that the, there was a time, I, li- I grew up in those times, when there was not a level playing field. But that is not the situation the way it was then as now. What has changed, though, is that we have groomed a, a class of people who would want to continue getting or want to turn in, would want to turn things into getting a handout, you see, a government handout. And so um, I look forward to uh, all of you. being a part of (laughs) making this thing work instead of making it fail or seeing it fail. If we, as American citizens, understand the importance of not swallowing this progressive Marxist agenda whole, then we can, in fact, find our way back to what makes America, what will make, what has made, and what has brought all of us to this point in America as a success story, as an exceptional nation. We can find our way back to that if we don't swallow whole this um, American Uh, travesty that is being unloaded on us right now by the Democrat Party. They are relentless in their pursuit of tearing things down. They're relentless in their pursuit of that. Fundamentally changing America That agenda has not left the Democrat table. Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the uh, coup d'etat in bringing that about, but she didn't get elected. She couldn't get elected. It, it, it just wasn't meant to happen. And I really believe that it's an act of God 
that saved America. I don't think that uh, any president is a savior of America, but I definitely believe that Donald Trump was a reprieve from judgment that certainly uh, could fall upon a nation that claims uh, and that has been not just claimed, but has been founded upon Judeo-Christian ethics and principles. You, my friends, if in fact you um, don't pay attention to that, we will certainly, if you don't pay attention to that, we will certainly perish as a republic. Now, Keep in mind something that I I, I want to drum into you. Once the people discover that they can vote themselves money. Benjamin Franklin said that will herald the end of the republic. We must stop the fiscal, the, the, the bleeding. Or, and we must make certain that we get back to a nation of producers instead of consumers. We're on the trail. We're on the right track back right now. But um, the lure of free stuff, (laughs) the lure of free stuff is always a challenge, isn't it? I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. I'll be back after the news break, after the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. And if you don't get both hours of the free C.L. Bryant Show, download free uh, the C.L. Bryant Show app in the App Store. All of the shows are archived there. And I certainly, certainly want to thank you for coming along with me uh, as we build the bridge to conversation. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. (music) 